but but you know I preached I preached to, you know, I'd hate to go back the second time to get something again the first I preached against Pentecost I was a Baptist to the bone buddy and I, I was going to win souls wasn't going to have nothing to do with all that foolishness and God baptized my wife in the Holy Ghost and threw a wrench in everything so when I, I knew that girl was real, and so I began to seek God, and God baptized me in the Holy Ghost. But I'm thinking about having, would you like to hear that tomorrow night, something about that? It's in our book. And then I'm going to preach on, on why we pray in the Spirit, praying in the most holy faith. There's faith. Come on, somebody. And then there's most holy faith. I'm going to tell you why. You don't know why that we pray in the Spirit, as Pastor and I was talking about, uh, in the assemblies of God. So was I in the assemblies of God uh, after, after, you know, after that occasion. And uh, uh, they never told us why we prayed in the Spirit or why we had that gift, but it's the most powerful gift that's known to man. It can move things when nothing else can move things because that prays the perfect will of God. Amen. So I'm going to bring it from a Baptist perspective over to you and help you understand why you need to pray every day, praying, come on, in most holy faith, not the volume of your, somebody said that praying in the spirit, Paul talked about it, it was the volume when somebody gets anointed and prays with volume. No, that's not it. Praying in the spirit of God is, is the gift of tongues, the, the gift of praying in the spirit that comes from God and it will bless you. And I promise you, I'm gonna show you some miracles that I have had personally, incredible miracles as we prayed in the spirit of God and God did things that I didn't even know how to pray. How many has ever been frozen with fear when something happened to your kids or something happened to your family, you have some kind of dilemma and you don't even know what to pray? Has anybody ever been there? You didn't know the words to say, oh, help. That's about Help, God, help. But aren't you glad that you can begin to pray and the Spirit of God will pray exactly what you need and bring exactly the things that you need in your life. I can show you in hospitals and things of that nature what God touched me like that in 34 years of ministry or, or, and pastoring and I guess quite, you know, probably 50 years of ministry. You know, I, I, I'm only 45. How did that happen? I, I don't know, but anyway, move around. Praise God. But I'm gonna tell you tonight we're gonna begin we're going to begin something that's going to, that I believe is going to change things in your life. You walked in here today with heavy weights and heavy burdens, and I go into any, any church and I can give an invitation for healing, for salvation, healing, and, and, and needs in people's life, and 90% of the church will be in the altars. It's not, it's not hard for an evangelist to get the altars full you know, and take pictures and say, look what's happened in my meetings. No, no, uh, I, I want us to know that we don't have to be in the altars all the time, that we can live victorious in the name of Jesus Christ and we can be powerful. Can you shout amen? Now, we're going to use these altars tonight, but I want you to know that God has a word for you tonight. Would you stand with me in respect of the word of God here today? Just stand with me and not in respect to a man, no sir, but unto God right now. The Bible says in the book of Mark chapter 1, and I gave them the scriptures back there, so hope they have it. At even when the sun was set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed of devils. And all the city were gathered together at the door... And he healed many that were sick of divers' diseases and cast out devils, listen to this, and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. How many, just, how many like just to be able to tell the devil to shut up tonight? My message title tonight is going to simply be How to Deal with the Devil. And here's the title of my message. Are you ready? You got it on the screen? Back up, pack up, and shut up. 
Now, I'm going to be asking you during the service what the title of my message is because I want to make sure you're getting it. That's the kind of preacher I am. Would you say it with me now? Back up, pack up, and shut up. Now, somebody said, that's not nice. Our kids don't need to know that word. They can use that word when it comes to the devil. Would you say amen? How many like just tell the devil to shut up tonight? Just shut your pie hole. We ain't not going to listen anymore. Praise the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for your word. Anoint us to speak the word. Anoint the people to receive the word now in the name above every. God, take us to another level of this house of God. Break in this new house of God here with your glory. Open the window, God, of your glory over this house tonight in the name above every name, the name of Jesus and the people of God said Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. A city official showed up in my office at the Ark uh, a, a few years ago and said, ask me one question. He was looking at our 35-acre campus. He said, I noticed that we all noticed that your parking lot is full every Sunday. And it's, it's more than full on Wednesdays because we have our youth on Wednesday nights and we have, we have, we've had up to 600 youth. We have six Bluebird buses we run. And we also have, we all, uh, we, we're not running that, those numbers now after COVID. We're, we're back down to I mean, maybe under, just under 300, but praise God for that. Amen. Now, I'm just talking about your future, so you ought to shout bigger than that. Come on, somebody. So he asked me, he said, what is the secret? It's amazing watching this thing develop. You've got 45,000 square foot under roof. And, and we're just amazed at the buildings and the cars and, and how faithful. When other churches have, uh, uh, you know, downfalls, it seems like this church just keeps getting, get, getting bigger. And, and we, we don't understand how things are happening. And you know what I told him? There's one word that I'm going to give you, and that word is prayer. He looked at me like a calf looking at a new gate. He thought, has it come to that? <laughs> Prayer. He was waiting to hear some kind of great thing, administrative thing, because a lot of churches have gone that direction. But he, he said, but I told him, I said, listen, that's one description God gave of his church. Jesus didn't give any other descriptions of his church except he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. That's what Jesus said. And so I, I was looking at, at Matthew, and it says, listen, he looked at John, he, the people were looking around at John the Baptist like he was crazy when he came into, into, into the scene. As they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, what went you out to see anyway? A reed shaken in the wind? But what you went out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft raiment are in king's houses. But what went you out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, more than a prophet, for this is he of whom is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way for thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of woman, there hath not risen a greater than John Baptist, notwithstanding, now listen to this, he's least in the kingdom of God. He that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Just pat yourself right there on the chest. He that is least in God, listen to me, new convert. He that is least in, 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 in God, in the kingdom, is greater than he. 
For the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violent, and the violent take it by force, and all the prophets and, and the law prophesied until John. And if you will receive this, this is Elijah, which was, was to come, he that hath ears, let him hear. In other words, what the Spirit is saying. Jesus is saying, when you look at John Baptist with a, with a grasshopper leg hanging out of his mouth and, and eating locusts and wild honey and dressed in some kind of raiment that, that may not be uh, welcome in your church, you need to understand that this is a different generation. This is a generation that's not going to stand back and allow things to take place that other prophets have taken place. What do you want to see? Just a toothy grin? Just a, 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 a passive, a, a kind of a, a passive disposition? in soft raiment and clothes and, and soft words and sitting in a chair on the pulpit not preaching the word with his legs crossed, drinking a little bit of tea and say, we're not going to preach today. We're just going to ponder Jesus. Did you expect him to just ponder Jesus? No, he's a different one. He said, up until now, they prophesied, but, but they took it on the chin. But verse 14 says, if you'll receive this, this is John, this John the Baptist is Elijah. In other words, the prophet of fire and things are going to be different. This is the generation or this, are, this is the days of Elijah. I come to remind the body of Christ we're not waiting on the glory of God. The glory of God's waiting on you and me. This is a day of Elijah right now. We sing songs about it. We write songs about those days. But I'm tired of singing about how it's going to be. I'm ready to have some right now and some immediate and some suddenlies. How about you in the house? of God today. We need a balance between the passive and the aggressive. We need a balance there. Need to be sweet. My wife said sometimes you need to smile when you preach because you look sometimes like a linebacker. Well, I am a linebacker for Jesus. But you see, when it gets in your prayer life, when that passive little sweet attitude gets in your prayer life, the things that shouldn't be gets into your family. There's a time that you must say, devil, I've had it up to here with all your shenanigans and you're messing with my, how many is tired with the devil messing with your kids in public school? How many is tired of the devil messing with your marriage, messing with your finances, always doing something? Uh, some, some of us speak stronger to our kids than we do the devil. Johnny, get out of the tree. Don't make me come out there. Don't make me have you cut off a switch. Don't make me come out there, boy. And when we pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed. I mean, the devil's dragging you and your family around by the hair of the head. And oh, help, help, help. You see, we've got to get past that in our prayer life. You, you see, two people pull up to a four-way stop. And one of them says, you go. No, the other one says, no, you go. No, 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 you go. And I'm the third guy. I'll go, bless God. We're not going to wait all day. You're in Walmart, God country. Been there three times and only been here two days. 
You pull up to the cash register and you got that cart. You pull up there and, and, and somebody says, go ahead. I said, no, honey, you go ahead. And my daddy would come up out of the grave and, and, and smack me good if I went in front of the lady. And so I said, no, you go ahead. And finally they said, well, no, you go ahead. And I said, no, you. I said, thank you very much. I will go. There comes a time when we got to put aside the sweetheart stuff. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and you know, like we have Jesus running around in sandals, but you forgot that same Jesus put on his cowboy boots and he kicked people out of the temple that was doing things wrong would you say amen passive attitude what is my title back up pack up and shut come on say it again back up pack up and shut up devil let me add this I'm coming through in the name of Jesus Christ. Hell wants to stop this church. He wants to destroy the pastor of this church. He wants to put everything he can upon this precious family, but we're not gonna allow that because we'll let the devil know that you're gonna be packing up, buddy, and you're gonna be moving because we're going somewhere. In the I'm behind my man of God and my woman of God. I'm behind this family. And how about this worship team? Won't you give them a little? Come on, how about this worship team? Praise the name of the Lord. You see, the only thing hell understands is force. Saddam Hussein, get out of Kuwait. No. Saddam Hussein, I'm telling you, I'm going to draw a line. You better get out of Kuwait. Thank God we had a president that said, Saddam, get out of Kuwait. No. Boom. Okay. (laughs) North Korean Communists shooting off those rockets, showing their power. They're, the reason they're shooting those things off is not for show. They're shooting those off because they're getting farther every time, enough to be able to reach Japan, enough to be able to do some destru- destruction upon our allies. And if that happens, we're in World War III. Could somebody say amen? That's what's happening right there. And, and they said, please quit shooting off the rockets. Boom, he'd shoot them off. And, and, and finally, we had a president that said, listen, rocket man. You better stop that or we're going to do something. The earth's going to shake. They they make them look all friendly on TV and crossing over that line, stuff like that. But you know there was some serious words going on behind that. That's the only thing hell understands is force. That's what Jesus was saying. Yes, there were prophets of old. And they all had their work to do and had their wars to to wage. They all had to fight. But John the Baptist is a new breed. We are the John Baptist. We are the Elijah generation. We are the ones to get the job done. I know we've suffered some things in COVID. I know we've suffered some things, and some things are going crazy in the body of Christ, and we've got Christians drinking all kinds of stuff, and we've got, we got, we got uh, Christians living just like the world in the body of Christ. But there are houses of God like this. I want to tell you some all across the nation because I'm preaching them that understands that we're in a brand new era right now and we are John Baptist and God said there's nobody like John Baptist because he commands the kingdom. He doesn't just pray. He commands the kingdom. He's violent in his faith and if you're going to be like that, you've got to get violent in your faith. He understands that you can't negotiate with terrorists. The only thing he understands is to tell him to, to, to back up, to pack up and to shut up and get 
out of our way in the name of Jesus Christ. You've got to tell him, what's the title of my message? Back up, pack up, and shut up, devil. Add this with me. I'm coming through. I'm coming through in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible said in the book of Luke right here, look at it with me. The book of Luke, chapter 22, it says this. And he said unto them, when I sent you out without purse, and when I sent you out without script and shoes, lacked you anything? And they said, nothing, Lord. Then he said unto them, listen closely, but now he that hath a purse, let him, let him take it. And likewise is script. And he that hath no sword, let him sell all that in his garment and buy one. Other words, Jesus was saying, there's a time that we're going to have to fight. There's a time we're going to have to stand our ground and let hell know you're not going to have my son and drugs. You're not going to have my marriage. You're not going to have the things. You, 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 listen, you may be, by nature, you may not be a forceful person. I've never had that problem. But when we pray, there must come a change of position. Now, My wife has a sweet disposition. I mean, sugar just runs off of her. I ask her all the time, would you marry me? And thank God she says yes. She's so sweet. Her voice, when I hear her voice, it calms me until she gets in her prayer closet. And she starts praying, and it gets louder and louder and louder, and you realize we live in RV parks. And she lives in the tin can. And, and, I, and I'm locked in there with her. And she starts stomping through that, she did it today, starts stomping through that trailer. She starts stomping, we have an island in the middle. She walks around that island, and she's, sometimes I hear her talking to the devil. I've even heard her say, off with his head. And I thought, dear God, I have to sleep in the same place with that woman. But she gets forceful. You have sweet position, yes. We'll love you, give you anything. She'll serve you in any way. But when it comes to her children, when it comes to her church, when it comes to her, her pastor, her man, when it comes to things that mean something to her, she gets down and serious and she begins to pray until heaven comes down and the devil backs off. You don't think the devil backs off? Yes, he does. When there is a live, a vibrant, vibrant prayer life in somebody's life, the devil doesn't want to go around that home. He can find plenty of homes that's not praying. Can somebody say amen? I'm trying to say that we've got the upper hand. The devil is a lie. I was having church trouble. Had 30 families leave me. My, my, my children's minister lied to a bunch of people and and, and I made some mistakes about allowing them to go in her home and have her meetings. And I think they need to have the meetings on the grounds. But here's what she did. She, she lied about me and 30 families, some, they, they left. We come back from a 25th anniversary and, and, and they, were, they were all, they, people were gone everywhere. And I didn't know what in the world had happened. My heart was broken. And I was laying in the bed about 2 in the morning. And all of a sudden, I fell out of bed and, and with the most terrible headache I've ever had in my life and I was dry heaving 
I didn't have anything to throw up. I was just dry heaving, and I was so sick. And she called the doctor and said, get him to the hospital. He's having a stroke. So they carried me to the hospital, and I got to the hospital, and they gave me shots and things like that. It took a long time to get that down, and I, they put me in a tube. They, they, they put me behind two-foot-thick walls, and they put me in this MRI tube, and they stuck me in that tube. And, and I, you know, I'm a pretty good-sized boy, and when they stuck me in there, my, arm, my shoulders squeaked as I went in. And they put me in there. I didn't like that at all, but I, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. They said I, I was probably, I could die. I was so sick, but all of a sudden, I, I lived and I heard that little thing right there praying in the Holy Ghost behind those two foot thick walls and you know what God God reached down there in that tube and touched me I didn't have a stroke and I'm still preaching the word of God today would you shout amen there has to come a time there has to come a time when we put the devil back in his place. When the enemy comes in like a flood, that's when we've got to stand up strong. And I'm going to tell you something. I told your pastor and I don't, I don't want to scare anybody because, because this is just, you need to understand when there's a house of God like this that wants the glory of God that will preach the truth and stand in their community for things that are right. Come on somebody. You're a marked target from hell. you got a target on your back but I'm going to tell you something. Don't worry about it because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Would you shout amen? We need a church that will stand up and take it by force and tell the devil, you back up, buddy. Back up, pack up, and shut up. What's the title of my message? Back up, pack up, and shut up. I am coming through. I'll have a saved husband. I'll have a saved wife. I'll have a saved house. I'll have a marriage of God. and I'll have healing of my infirmities. I'll have the financial breakthroughs. I'll get the career job. I have every promise of the book will belong to me. Why? Because I'm going to stand and I'm going to declare what God says belongs to me. Give God a shout of praise in the house. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. My grandfather was a white lightning runner. He was six foot two and meaner than a snake. He would take a key and keys and put them in his hand when he'd go to fight and punch holes in people's faces because he was so vicious and then he would cry later because he had a tender heart but he got saved by the power of God. How did he get saved? Because my little grandmother would get on her knees before God. She had eight children and sometimes she couldn't get away in that shotgun house but what did she do, Pastor? She threw her apron over her head and she'd go to God and, and, and many times they'd go by and hear her declaring salvation over her family. My mama said, I'm going to church. And she got up and went to church on Sunday morning. And my grandmother couldn't go because of sick kids. But my grandfather said, listen, I think I'm going to go because I don't know if she'll be able to get across the creek because I think it's flooded out. And so my grandfather went and as they went there that day, all of a sudden people was coming back out of church and somebody hollered over, hey Nate, Nadine, hey Nate, do you know what happened today? And she said, all of a sudden I was stirring the gravy and I started stirring a different way. And she said, my God, Jack got saved and my daughter got saved. You know why? Because she believed in prayer. Listen, you can lay back and have children that don't want God and say they don't want, listen, I was one of those. I was one that was raised in church. My daddy was a deacon. My grandfather was a pastor of the church, but I was the embarrassment of my family. But God reached down in the nightclubs and said, son, you're singing the wrong music. Got a hold of my soul and brought me out because somebody dared to stand up and tell the devil to back up, 
pack up and shut up, devil. I'm coming through. you got to be forceful. But to be forceful, you've got to know what belongs to you. You got a Bible? You got a cell phone? You got a Bible in it? Hold that Bible up right now. Say this with me. This is my contract between me and my God. I'll have what it says I have. I'll do what it says I'll do. I'll be what it says I'll be. And I'll rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. Now give the Lord one shout of praise right now. You see, you've got to understand source and resource to understand your promise in God, to make it simple sense. You see, the source is the origin and the resource is the result. The resource is no stronger than the source. The chair you're sitting in is no better than the metal it's made out of. This building is no no better than, than the steel that it's made of. I came from a, a simple mom and daddy that lived, lived actually when I was born in, a, in an alleyway. But I found out in 1 Peter and 1 John some things. I realized that I am no stronger than Henry Leitner, the blood that flows through my veins. I am no stronger than Chris Leitner, the the genes that is in my body. I came from them. I have what they have. But when I go to 1 John and 1 Peter, it says that I I have been begotten of God by incorruptible seed. Oh, I feel that right there. So I am as strong as my source, and my source is God. Because I've been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ and his royal blood flows through my veins. His casa is my casa. His authority is my authority. His, his authority is your authority because God is our source. But you've got to understand. You've got to understand what belongs to you to have any authority in that area. You take a different position. When you have that mindset of knowing what belongs to you. I love my neighbors, but they better not build something on my land. It belongs to me. When you know something belongs to you, you approach it in a different way. Now, I'm going to give an illustration. I've got to do real, be real careful because somebody thought that this was actually my home. <laughs> and they, they, I guess they begin to put it around that I had. But I just, just imagine... Per se. Let's say that I had a great uncle that is a multimillionaire. I have no idea that he exists. One day a man in a three-piece suit shows up in my at my office door. He knocks on my door and he walks in and says, uh, I'm sorry to announce to you, Pastor Leitner, that you have an uncle that has passed away. And I'm thinking, who is this nut? I don't know anybody in multi-millionaire that, that, no, he's crazy. But you're the closest relative, and I'm still not listening. But you, you have inherited 
his elk lodge in Montana. Here's my elk lodge in Montana. <laughs> That'll hurt your offerings. By this, I've got the hanky out. Oh, it's so sad. What was Uncle Who? What's his name? Well, the lawyer says, there's a large amount of money in his safe, in his office. They say there's over a million dollars in there, and it's all yours. I said, bless his heart. Over 10,000 acres. Now, I'm an outdoorsman. If you, have a, if you have deer problems, I can help you solve that. Over 10,000 acres of mule deer country and elk country, moose country and bear country and a ski slope also. And it's all years, but you have to go and claim it and you have to live there. Now, what are we going to do? Well, that never happens to me. No, you're going to get in your little heavy shivy and you're going to go to Montana. And get your mansion. But once you get there, you find that it's not easy. Now listen to me closely. I'm going somewhere. You might have to fight for what belongs to you. As you get closer to your inheritance. You've been, you, you've been traveling now for 10 miles off of this highway. And you realize you're on your own property. And you begin to see uh, signs like no trespassing. And you drive another 10, 15, 20 miles and you see another sign that says, says trespassers will be shot on sight. And you drive a little further down and it says survivors will be shot again. <laughs> and you think, wow. So you pull up to the gate, a little bit trembling, but you're up to the gate. You push the little button and the guy comes on. He rang. You said, yeah, I rang. You're sitting in my house. I want you to get off of my, come down here and open this gate because you're in my house. It's my inheritance. The old boy says, well, it's not your house. It's my house. He said, it's not your house. I've got paper to prove that. He said, I'm sorry about your uncle. I'm sorry that he died, but I have squatter's rights and I'm staying right here. By this time, you're saying, Buster, get down here to this gate. Well, he comes down all right. He comes down. He's got big old cowboy boots on and spurs on and chaps on. He's got a big old cowboy hat and a belt buckle the size of a hubcap and a 30-30. He cocks that thing and says, listen, I'm going to tell you one more time. I want you to get off of my land or I'm going to blow you away. Well, you, you, everything's at stake. You feel something on the inside, but you think maybe, listen, I've got the paper though. I've got the paper right here. He said, I don't care what kind of paper. He said, that's all right. I'm going to call the sheriff. So you get on the phone and you call the sheriff. His name is Jesus. And you say, Jesus, come down here because I've got the paper that shows that this is my inheritance Jesus says, I'll, I'll, I'll be right down. So Jesus comes down to the gate and he stands there with you. And you show him the paper. You say, see where it says right here? It says right here that this belongs to me. He says, yes, it sure does. That belongs to you. Yes, it does. 
He said, well, what are you going to do about it? Jesus said, I'm not going to do anything about it because I did something about it 2,000 years ago. But Jesus, you don't understand. He's got a rifle, and he wants to hurt me. Jesus said, but you don't understand. He may have a rifle, but he doesn't have any bullets. He may be a roaring lion, but he doesn't have any teeth. He may be a bee, but he has no stinger because I conquered him a long time ago, and now you've got to stand up and claim what belongs to you. You see, that's where the body of Christ is right now. We have got to understand that this belongs to us. Jesus will stand for you. Jesus made the way for you. But you must understand that God has stripped the devil of all of his ammunition, of all of his authority, and all of his power. There's something wrong when nobody has victory in the body of Christ and the altars fill up every time of people who have continual needs. What I'm trying to say is we've got to get to the place that we know what belongs to us and stand without failure and believe God for what he said he would do. Would you say amen? That contract you had in your hand just a moment ago, that same contract, you see, you need to understand that. All you have to do is step up and claim. Brother Mike, it can't be that. That's where real faith comes in. Anybody ever heard of the gift of faith? That's why you need the, the, the gifts of the Spirit. And one of those is the gift of faith that, that you, need, you need to believe. How do I get the gift of faith? You get the gift of faith when you stand up and say, God, I declare in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Proverbs, there's a time to pray and there's a time to declare. Declaring means I declare what your word says. And when you do that, the gift of faith will come up on the inside of you and things will begin to change. But they will not change with those little haphazard prayers. You've got to stand up and say, God, you said this is mine. I know it's mine. And you can hear the voice of God say, yes, it's yours, but you've got to stand, you've got to claim it, and you've got to stand on it. I'm here today to tell you tonight in this place that you are going to have the miracle you've been looking for, and God's going to answer your prayer because we're going to stand in faith tonight and put the devil back where he is. What is the title of my message? Back up. Shut up. I'm coming through. Bless the name of Jesus Christ. There needs to come in the spirit, uh, uh, in the house of God, a spirit, a position of possession. Say that with me. Position of possession. Say it one more time. Position of possession. Did you know in the law that possession is nine-tenths of the law? If I'm in possession of many of the persons had something, they said, that's mine. It was stolen from me. But yeah, but it's, it's in their possession. Many times it'll go their way because they, have the, they possess it. We need the mindset such as if someone stole one of our children. Dee and I had a little cry at the door of the trailer when we said goodbye to our grandson that was here Sunday. And he came and he was headed home. And this is the only second trip he's had out of town in his life. And uh, thank God for GPS, but it doesn't drive the car for him. And so we're grandparents, and he, he's, he's our precious grandson. And, and, and we both had a little cry at the door when he left. She said, should we go out there and wave bye at him? <laughs> he's 19. I said, well, probably not, baby. But just something in our heart. I love everybody. But I will turn into that Marine 
if anybody ever laid one hand on that boy. We got to be the same way. When it comes to the things of God that belong in us, not sit back and say, well, I have cancer, but I'm at peace with it. What are you doing at peace with cancer? I don't care what the doctors say. I've, we've seen people healed of cancer in the fourth stage. We've seen people go home from cancer because sometimes there's a time to go home. But I am not going to sit down when God has given me a book that said, with his stripes, Pastor, we were and we are healed in the name of Jesus. I was laying in a hospital bed. They had oxygen all over me. They're about to put me on that, that last stage because things looked bad. I had COVID so bad and six days I laid in that hospital like a, uh, like a limp, uh, wet piece of paper. But, I, but the, he came in that room. Hell came and it turned dark on me. I felt cold in my body. I saw, I saw sparkling black diamonds and, and I felt it was pulling me down that, that tunnel and I, I, I just uttered these words, with his stripes I am healed. With his stripes I was healed. And, and the same moment I said that, church, the room, the room lit up and I shouted the glory of God. Nurses come running in there and they said, what is this? I said, the king of glory just walked into my room. I went home the next day. What if I would have sat, laid back and said, well, this is it. Sirrah, sirrah, whatever happens, let it be. I'm in the hands of God. God knows all things. Yeah, but the devil will kill you with that. You've got to stand up and put it in his teeth. And say, you're not taking me, Mr. Death. In the name of Jesus Christ, God says it's yours. Peace, possess it. It's yours. Peace, take it. Here it is. This is your joy. This is your happiness. Take it. It belongs to you. Possess it. This is your power in the blood of the lamb. There's power. We have the power in the blood of the lamb. We have power in the name of Jesus Christ. We have salvation. Wait a minute. We have promised household salvation. We're not going to lose one of our children. We have healing that with his stripes, we are the heal of God. We have a miracle working God. He is not a God of miracles. He is a God of, he's a God of miracles. He's not a God that works miracles. He's a miracle working God. God. We have the Holy Ghost that gives us power and authority. And I'll talk to you more about the power we have in prayer, the power in the name of Jesus Christ alone. But when you know the will of God, you'll stop asking and begin to command the word of God. He just simply says this. Let me read it to you right here. In Job 22, 27 and 28, you might want to write this down. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him. There's a time to pray. And he shall hear thee. Thou shalt pay thy vows. Thou shalt also decree a thing. And it will be established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon thy way. The command of faith. The power of declaration. Declaration of what? What Mike says? No. Declaration of what my king says. It's like your kids standing in their closet full of clothes, $200 Nikes, and they're saying, I don't have anything to wear. You want to slap them. How do you think God feels? God's people had to go to war all through history to possess the things that God promised them. It's time to let hell know Listen, I'm done with this. Kids, would you come and sing? Could you come and sing that song you sang, that last song you sang? 
Would it be possible to do that? Are, are, are the song you, you sang about the house of miracles? I think that'd be appropriate right now, don't you? I want you to listen to this. I've got a couple more things to say to you. It's, to, it's time to let hell know. You don't have to have a, 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 a pipe organ or, or a, a Leslie organ screaming in the house of God and, and big music to have the miracle power of God. I like to see when it's just like this, when people just will walk down to an altar and throw their hands in the air. And listen to me, the best people in the world in the house of God many, many times and, and, and in, in great churches like this church, there are needs in everyone's life. There are things that you're facing. Come on, somebody. Things in health, of Things economically, things might be in your family, things that's nobody's business but yours and God, but there's something powerful about coming to the carpet. It's like many times in revival, I'll have the church put a line across the front of the building with some kind of tape or something, put a line and challenge the people to walk across that line because what this area represents right here is the foot of the cross where Jesus Christ paid for everything. He defeated hell face to face. He defeated every demon. He defeated every devil, and he, he wrought the victory for you and me. And sometimes we just need to step across that. Come on now. We need to step across that line. That's what revival is. Revival is something you've got to go for and say, bless God, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I've done it long enough. It's time to tell the devil I'm done with this. I'm up to here with all the stuff that you put on me. I'm tired of you messing with my blessing, messing with my kids and messing with my marriage. I'm ready to see a turnaround. Come on, somebody. I'm ready I'm ready to, uh, to consecrate myself before God. I'm willing to fasten away if need be, but I'm going to make my decree my decree tonight when I step across that line in these altars and let hell know, listen, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm a child of God and everything I need has already been provided for me. Colossians 2, 13 says this right here. Colossians 2 and 13. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not, because your sinful nature was not cut away, that nature. Then God made you alive in Christ for he forgave all our sins and he canceled the record of charges against us and took it away, nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and shame them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. In other words, he suffered everything for you and everything for me, but you must take possession of what belongs to you. I believe in God right now for miracles in this house. It doesn't happen by happen chance. You've got to determine, bless God, I'm going to walk that out. I'm going to stand before God and let God know right now the devil's going to back up, pack up, and he's going to shut up because I'm going to have my victory right now today. It's time to sit out, set aside normal and go for God and mute the devil and just like Jesus, not allow the devil to speak anymore. Aren't you tired of what he speaks in your ear? Come, hey, Aren't you tired of him telling you when you feel something in your heart, it's got to be heart trouble or you feel something in your body, it's got to be cancer or, or you're going under, are you going to lose your job and your ministry's not going anywhere. Aren't you tired of that? Why don't you come to these altars right now and just stand to your feet right now and come in here and stand and lift your hands before God and let's get victory in the house. Come on, church. Come on right now. Let's get victory in this house of God. Come on, somebody. Just come right where you are. 
Visitor, come. Come on, visitor. Come on, the altar's with us. Stand right here. Nothing crazy is going to happen. We're going to stand here before God and let God be God all by himself. Bless the name of Jesus Christ. I've been right there at that place when I had to suffer things that broke my heart. And for two years after that church split, my heart was broke until one day I laid it down before God. And I said, God, you can turn this thing around. And he doubled my attendance and gave me double for every bit of trouble. Everyone that left, God brought double and triple. In. Come on, somebody. The devil's a lie. Lift your hands in your situation and tell the Lord, I believe you right now. Come on, just look at, look at heaven right now. Don't look at me. Look at God. Come on, somebody. It's God that can help you right now and make your confession right now in the name of Jesus Christ because this is a house of miracles. Come on, open your, open your mouth and speak to God in the name of Jesus.